Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of What Do They Know podcast. Today, the guys are going to discuss some of the headlines from this past week, including episode three of HBO's Hard Knocks, and then they will continue their divisional breakdowns and cover the NFC and AFC North. Check it out. But hey, what do they know? What do they know? Well, you're about to find out what's going on, everybody. This is episode three of the What Do They Know podcast. My name is Nick Hoskins, and I'm with my best bud, Jeff Garcia. What's going on, man? How are you? Doing all right. How are you? Good, good. Good. Um, hey, before we dive in, I just I've been meaning to thank a couple people that have kind of helped us out with this this show so far, and and every the, the first two episodes I've completely forgotten. So um, I just want to give my my beautiful wife a quick shout out. She's the voice that you hear doing the the intro for us and and the outro, um, and she's also pretty much single handedly done our social media stuff for us. <laughs> um, we uh, don't exactly know what we're doing, but um, she's, I can barely manage one account. Yeah, a lot of them, multiple. yeah. So she's she's been huge with that. So. Um, we want to thank her. And then my sister, Jenna, who is super creative. She does, you know, graphic design and all that good stuff. She actually created um, our artwork. What you see as like our profile picture on social media and on like, you know, Spotify and iTunes and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I gave her no requirements. I basically just said, you know, it's about football and you can incorporate, you know, the fact that we're from Arizona yeah. and New York. And she just went with it and she made it her own. And I think it I think it's awesome. I love it. So. Um, just wanted to thank them because they both have have played a huge part in in our what we're doing so far. So and I and I keep forgetting to keep forgetting to do that. Well, so shout thank, out Christy and Jenna. Yeah. Yep. Shout out Christy and Jenna. So thank you both. Um, all right. So we actually had a few questions come in this week. <clears throat> um, my buddy Joe. Um, actually, shout out Joe for a minute because I just saw on social media today that the, that my guy got engaged. Oh, so he got engaged today. Oh wow! Yeah, so hey, shout congratulations, out, Joe! So, 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 shout out Joe and his uh, his fiance. So side note, um, Joe sent us a question, and, and he he wants to know our thoughts on where we think um, Jonathan Taylor should end up. Um, so I'll let you kind of give your give your thoughts there. For those of you who don't know, I'll kind of give the backstory. Jonathan Taylor, um, Colts running back, All Pro running back. Um, he has kind of been in a contract dispute for the last basically for all off season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the owner, Jim Ursay, has been very outspoken that saying that he's not going to pay him, that, you know, if Jonathan Taylor was to never play another down in the NFL, he'd shortly be forgotten about. Right. Um, so those are some pretty strong words. And, you know, the, for the longest time it was, OK, we're not going to trade you. We're not going to trade. You know, he, he formally requested a trade offer. They, they denied it, you know, publicly saying no. Right. And then within the last week, it's come out that they're letting him seek a trade. So. Um, I have a couple of thoughts on this, but I'll let you kind of go first. Where do you, where do you think that I guess he should end up slash where is he going to end up? Cause I think that's two different things. Absolutely. Uh, obviously <clears throat> when a talent like Jonathan Taylor comes, uh, becomes available, I'm pretty sure half of the league at least is going to call in and, and see what the market is for him. Um, what I've heard is they have, they said a deadline for Tuesday. Yep. So yeah, um, that's when they want to make all of their cuts apparently and kind of get their, get their roster finalized. Right. So we'll see if, if they can get anything finalized through that. I know they want a first round pick is what I've yeah. been hearing. Yeah. Um, I don't think any team's been willing to match that so far. I think Miami uh, put in a formal offer along with another team and, but they got rejected, but um, you're still negotiating is from what I read. Um, in terms of landing spots, like, I got plenty right here. Miami, Denver, Chicago, Philly, and Buffalo. Those come out, jump off the page immediately. Um, Miami obviously has kind of gone down this path before with Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb where they get disgruntled players and they trade for them and and they pay them. Um, And it's worked out for them. They've become um, quite a team over there uh, in the AFC East. We'll dwell more into them next week next week when yeah. we go into that uh, division. But for right now, they have Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. as their uh, combo, their committee over there. Yep. And it's, it's let's face it, it's not the greatest committee to have. No. Uh, they're talented running backs, but they're more complimentary com- uh, running backs, and one of them should be featured over the other. So I, I think um, they had the seventh fewest rushing yards last, last year. And second fewest carries, so and Jonathan Taylor would definitely be a huge upgrade for Miami. Yeah. Um, however, one thing that's against them is they're projected to be thirty-two million over the cap next year. <laughs> so you're going to trade for him, you're going to have to pay that man. Yep. And that's going to set you even back for uh, for at least a foreseeable future. Um, Chicago, 
uh, Chicago was so interesting to me. Uh, I, <laughs> they have all a very talented offense. Um, they have a lot of pieces there. And we'll talk about them a little bit more later. But as for right now, they have Khalil Herbert right there at the running back position. He finally gets his chance with David Montgomery uh, taking off from, from there. Um, I, I And they have a lot of cap space. They I think they have $84 million next year in cap space. And that's even with, I think they led the league this entering this offseason in cap space. So they're, they're in good in, in good position, especially with Justin Fields still in his rookie, rookie years to take advantage of that as, as long as you can. Um, so that's Chicago. And then I heard Denver. Uh, the problem with Denver is they, they got no draft capital, really, and they, yeah. they're they still suffering from uh, everything they gave up for uh, Russell Wilson yep. and Sean Payton. Yep. So it's I see a hard fit in terms of compensation with, between the teams there. Obviously, he would be a good fit for the team overall. I think they have Javante Williams slotting in as their uh, running back, starting running back right now, and uh, I believe he only played like four games last year. Um, and then we go over to the Bills. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so conflicted with the Bills because they just don't run the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if you give them something like Jonathan Taylor, would they even know what to do with him? <laughs> that type of thing. <laughs> but um, obviously, you'd have to. You'd have to, especially with Josh Allen um, running the ball as frequently, frequently as he does. You got to protect them somehow, and it's got to be with the run game. Um, they signed him to a massive extension. Uh, I think he's in year three now of that extension. Yep. So, and his cap it just balloons after this. So his salary is going to go up. You obviously, if you want to, you're going to pay that salary. You better make sure he's on the field. Yep. Um. So, and Philly, they're they have probably, arguably, the most complete roster in the NFL. Um. I think they have DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny were there right now yep. at the running back position. So Jonathan Taylor would come in and obviously take carries away from even receptions away from both those guys. But it'd be almost unfair to put Jonathan Taylor in that offense. But yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. For me, I'd be most intrigued if he ended up in Chicago, just with Justin Fields and 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 they have the cap space to do it. Um, but Miami, I think makes the most sense right now. Well, yeah, 100%. Um, you got Tua back there. And he, he's coming off all those concussions he had last year. You're going to have to protect him as well, just like with Josh Allen in Buffalo. Um, you just got to do something there that's that's going to help your offense and take a little bit of pressure off Tua. Um, that's that's where I, I, I my mind goes. <clears throat> yeah, I think Miami is the obvious choice. I think that's where he should go. Um, I mean, and it, it pains me to say that, obviously, as a Jet fan. Um, obviously they were in on Dalvin cook. They missed on Dalvin cook. So they obviously want another running back. Right. So to me, Jonathan Taylor makes too much sense where I think he will go. I think is nowhere. I think it's all for nothing. I think it's a whole lot of, you know, <laughs> hype. I think he's going to end up with Indianapolis. I think one of them's going to cave. Um, and either he'll get a, a few more bucks like Josh Jacobs did today, or, or he'll just come in and say, you know, it is what it is. Um, that's personally where I think it'll end up. I think I'll be surprised if he's traded only because, you know, we're, we're now sitting here Saturday night. You got two and a half days until the, you know, quote unquote deadline. Right. And not only do you have to find draft compens, excuse me, uh, trade compensation, but you also got to find a team that's willing to pay him. So there's a lot to move moving pieces in the next couple of days. So personally, I think he's not going anywhere. Um, but I think if he were Miami would, would be the obvious choice. Um, Right. I mean, he's a free agent at the end of this year, so he's in the last year of his deal. So I guess from the Colts perspective, do you budge from that first round uh, want? Yeah. Because at the end of the year, if he holds out for half the season like Chris Jones is intending to do, um, John, you might lose him for nothing. Uh, and that that's always a predicament. Might as well just get a second round pick for him or, yeah. or, what, or whatever you, you can get for him and, and move on. Uh, with whoever uh, takes over that running back uh, position there. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, so that was the first part of Joe's question. The second part was kind of just, you know, what, what our opinion is on the whole Trey Lance situation. Obviously since that question, he has been traded to Dallas. Um, you know, for those who may not know Trey Lance um, drafted last year from um, at San Francisco, San Francisco traded up a ton to get him. 
um, a ton of draft picks. They moved up to the number three spot in the overall draft. He played four games last year, I think it was, four or five games, um, and then was out because of injury. Brock Purdy came in, and, you know, as they say, the rest is history. And like I said, they haven't since traded him. Um, I don't – to me, I feel like everybody is is – bashing san francisco and i get that to a point my whole thing is like you know it's no it's no bad look on trey lance at all in my opinion he lost his job for no other reason than injury right and you can't tell me that what whatever you saw in those first four games was enough to tell you that he's not the guy like you i i refuse to believe that i think this has more to do with their faith in brock purdy than right than trey lance and i guess to a point like good for them for for kind of taking ego out of it and because you know teams you know they trade up they give all these assets away they draft a guy who clearly is just not the guy and they don't want to be wrong right right so they so they stick with them they bury their franchise for three or four seasons waiting for this guy to either you know bloom or or die you know for lack of a better term and he you know they they didn't do that they i, I think it goes to more to say how much faith they have in Brock Purdy rather than how little faith they have in Trey Lance. I think right. that whatever they saw both obviously on film and behind the scenes, practice locker room, all that good stuff last year that they, they have the utmost confidence in Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, and credit Brock Purdy for showing yeah, out for, yeah. <laughs> from the little sample that he, he put in last year. Um, obviously you're, you're going to supplant. They started Jimmy Garoppolo back, back then, but like you said, Trey Lance was the third overall pick uh, a couple of years ago, and you're going to surplant <laughs> a third a third overall pick after a showcase of games. You got to show out, and he did. Yep. So give all the credit in the world to Brock Purdy. Uh, as for Trey Lance, injuries just massacred his his, his career there in San Francisco. He, I think he started. He he's going to learn behind Jimmy Garoppolo that first year, and he shouldn't. I think he broke his right index finger uh, that for his rookie year, and then last year he broke his his ankle, and that and that kept him out for the rest of the year. But I th- I think this year, instead of just naming him the backup, they just put it in Sam Darnold and just decided to move on from Trey Lance altogether. Yeah, when they did that, when yeah. they did that, I mean, it, it was over. Like, you yeah, can't, you couldn't possibly tell me that he was going to stay on the roster. Right, you have Sam Darnold ahead of him. Like, right, you- right, right, and. I- to me, it's it's such a conflict because I don't know how I haven't watched the preseason, so I don't know how much it was Sam Darnold outplaying Trey Lance or yeah. in practice and stuff like that. But you can't go in and saying Trey Lance, you were our starting quarterback last year, but you lost the gig because of you broke your ankle. But now we're going in this year and you're you're our backup. You can't do that to him, right? Uh, especially someone who's in his third year in the league, I believe. So they traded him to Dallas for the fourth round pick. Let's just cut your losses and, yep. and get what you can. Basically, yep. what, I'm, what I was saying with the Colts, cut your losses and get what you can. Um, but from a Dallas perspective, it's very interesting uh, to trade trade a fourth round pick for him because they already have Dak Prescott there. They have Cooper Rush as their backup. And I think they just signed him this past offseason to a two-year, uh, two-year deal. So from there, he's coming in. To be the third string guy anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm not sure where Dallas's mentality is with that. I, I don't, I'm not because Trey Lance wants to be the number two and he wants to compete eventually for for a starting gig. But obviously, he doesn't have that many um, attempts. I, I think I read somewhere that Geno Smith had more attempts last year than Trey Lance has had in since middle school. Yeah, <laughs> that's an insane stat. Yeah. That's insane to me. So. I mean, it's no fault to Trey Lance. He got drafted where he is because of San Francisco, not because he he he, he played and he has talents and whatnot, and that kind of forced San Francisco's hands. But at the same time, it's San Francisco who had the option to pick him and trade all those assets for him. So at the end of the day, Trey Lance just got just didn't get a fair a chance there with the, with the injuries uh, that piled up on him the past few years. Yep, I agree. So. New chapter for him, new chapter for the Niners and Dallas, and we'll see we'll see what plays out and who start who ends up looking smart um, in that in that situation. So we'll uh, thank you for the question, Joe. The two couple topics were were great. Um, we really appreciate it, brother. Yeah, congrats, Joe. Um, yeah, congrats again, and and feel free to send in any more the weeks to come. 
Um, so we'll give a quick rundown of Hard Knocks episode three. I think we were kind of both underwhelmed um, from from talking to you earlier about the episode. I think the the main highlight for me was obviously the talent show the with the guy can't even remember his name doing the <laughs> doing the skit from Eight Mile. B Rabbit, um, he's yeah, not B Rabbit. Yeah, that was that was awesome. And then the 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 clip that I found most interesting was the clip of Randall Cobb in the huddle with all of the receivers. Mm. Um, and actually Aaron Rodgers responded to this afterwards after the episode aired. Um, and it was basically Cobb saying, look, I talked to Aaron and, you know, we made a lot of mistakes today and it's all fine now. Right. Because it's, you know, it's preseason, it's practice, but um, he basically said something to the effect of, I promise you, he will lose his mind at some point. If we keep making, making these mistakes, he will lose it. Right. Um, he didn't use those words, but we're, you know, we're a clean show. So I'll we'll clean it up a little bit. That's basically what he said. Um, and I think that's so interesting because the media is just waiting for the quote unquote real Aaron Rodgers to show. Um, everybody thinks that he's come across just so good with the Jets so far. And, and that kind of alluded to the, 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 you know, again, quote unquote, old Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it was, it, I was surprised that he actually responded to that in the media this week after the episode aired. And he basically said something to the, something to the effect of, you know, I'm, I don't really like to do that anymore. That's not my style. I, I'm not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no interest in yelling at guys and, and, you know, embarrassing them. But at the same time, you know, we need to be held accountable. Right. Um, but I just thought that, that, that clip was probably the most interesting part of the episode for me, just because, um, I mean, nobody knows Randall Cobb in that, or excuse me, nobody knows Aaron Rodgers in that locker room better than Randall Cobb. Right. Um, so yeah. I thought it was interesting for him to call it out and also shows, you know, that, that it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Like they still have work to do. It's still going <laughs> to be a work in progress for the first probably several weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Rodgers got his first preseason action today. He did. And he looked phenomenal. Oh yeah. But that's just preseason. <laughs> I, I refuse to get excited, um, about preseason, even though he looked great. So did the, so did the defense, nobody got injured. So that's great. But, um, yeah, go ahead and give us your take. Uh, quick about about hard knocks yeah i mean in terms of aaron Rodgers, um saying how he's not that old guy aaron Rodgers anymore yeah um i think it, it can even speak to the, how frustrated he was in green bay to yeah. be honest with you yeah i agree <laughs> i think that's a great point <laughs> so to me it's like you you always hear about especially on draft day how the packers draft defensively in the first round heavily yep um so they never get aaron Rodgers' help quote unquote um so with Aaron Rodgers, I, I think he that fact of how the Packers don't use first round picks on off on the offensive side of the game, uh, kind of dwelled on his mind, and, and he takes it out on those guys. If mind if you guys aren't going to draft them um, in the first round, then I'm going to make them into like first round talents. And he, Aaron Rodgers is the type of dude who holds people accountable, and he makes everybody better. He wants everybody to get better, and he he holds a standard to that. And, and we all know that. That's why he he plays at an insane level. Yep. All, That's why uh, he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Four time MVP and and yeah, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. So, um, yeah, coming in here, obviously the cameras are on. Maybe the mentality is a little bit different for for the public and whatnot. And we'll see if if it changes during the course of the year, but. Uh, as of right now, I, he's been looking like a chill dude out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously you see the, the scraps and the scrums between the bucks and the, and the jets and Aaron Rodgers like, man, I'm too old for this. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, let's just keep going. And, I, and my, it's funny. I was watching it in my head. I'm like, dude, stay far away. Oh yeah. Like, stay far, far away. That's what they did with uh, Sauce Gardner. Yeah. He was the only yep. one who got held back yeah. on that one scrum. Yep. That was, that was, Shout out to that coach. <laughs> yep, that was funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. You'll always have, I guess, a little bit of Green Bay in you, but this is a new. Aaron Rodgers knows that this is a new, new chapter, and he, he wants to make uh, make things right because he, he does have something to prove there, um, uh, especially with Jordan Love now taking over in Green Bay. But yeah, in, in terms of Hard Knocks episode, it was it was calm. It was really a calm episode to be honest. It was yeah. more more about family and and these um. Uh, borderline roster cuts yep and um, i think this is where it's going to start to get interesting right um, not only because we'll see somewhat of the behind the scenes of the roster management type stuff but obviously as we just spoke about rogers actually played tonight as you know we're recording on saturday and the jets are playing finishing up their preseason right now against the giants and so we'll hopefully get to see some interesting clips of preparation because you know they were playing this week they were preparing this week as if it was a regular game. Mm-hmm. Everybody dressed, you know, the preparation went into it. So I'm curious to see what the behind the scenes kind of looks like 
um, from that perspective. So I, I'm assuming that next week will be uh, a little bit more, a little bit more entertaining. So right. we'll, we'll have a recap for you guys um, next week as well. So, yep. all right, let's dive in. Um, uh, we're going to continue our, our divisional breakdowns, which I, you know, from what I can tell, we've gotten some positive feedback. People are enjoying it. So um, we're going to continue at it this week. We're doing the, the NFC and the AFC North. Yep. Um, we'll start in the NFC again, in no particular order. Um, with the Detroit Lions, what are you looking at with the Lions this year? Oh, the Lions, I'm, I am high. I am high on the Lions. You're, this you're, year. Uh, you're on I'm, the bandwagon. I'm, I'm buying. I'm right. buying the Lions this year. Um, their offense was, I believe, like a top five offense last year, and it only got better with the drafting of Gibbs, <laughs> and then Jameson Williams should have a, a full off, uh, full off season coming into the season, but he'll be suspended for six games for, uh, I believe, gambling or gambling. something. Yep. Um, so, but so you still got uh, St. Brown there's number one. Yep. Um, he's so good. He's so good. Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, your <laughs> slot guy. Um, David Montgomery, they, they signed, and then I think they drafted a, a tight end, Sam Laporta from Iowa. So that kind of um, replaces TJ Hawkinson that they traded last year. Yep. But to me, they just have so many weapons offensively. Um, it, it's just a question of how they'll respond defensively. Defensively, I think they've been, they were like a bottom two defense last year. They didn't, overall, <laughs> Aaron Glenn's the defensive coordinator over there, and I I know him because he used to be the secondary coach in, with New Orleans. Yep. So played for the Jets way back when. Oh, nice. So, but I believe he 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 had some some highs last year towards the back half of the year. Where they started, they started turning it on, especially in the second half of, that, of the year. So Dan Campbell, shout out Dan Campbell, the, that that man, he's a beast. He's a beast. It's I so love funny, Dan like, Campbell. You know, he, if you if you remember his his introductory press conference when he oh, yeah. first got hired, he's talking about chewing people's ankles and just doing just saying like ridiculous stuff. And I remember he was just getting just getting slammed in the media. And it's like <laughs> now now you 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 look at him and you're like that makes total sense for Dan Campbell. Like yeah. that's exactly who he is. Yep. And you wouldn't have it any other way. So I think that looking back on that is so funny. But yeah, he stayed um, consistent with his message. Yeah. And, and people oh, yeah. are starting to buy in. Yeah. I mean, I remember he was, and he is a former Saints coach as well. He's a tight ends coach. And I remember he used to um, interview for head coaching gigs all the time. I, I think for two years before he got the Lions uh, head coaching gig. But imagine those teams who, who interviewed him and passed up on him. Yep. <laughs> Kicking themselves right now. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yep. So uh, Dan Campbell's just a great, great coach, and it, it just becomes a question of defensively. But I know they have they overhauled that DB uh, room. Yep. Yeah. My big thing with the Lions, and and it's it's actually something I wrote down for the Vikings as well. They had a lot of wins. They had a, they won a lot of very very close games last year, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's just not a trend that can continue. Like at some point, the ball is going to bounce the other way, right? Right, and right. so I think that I mean, what they went, had nine wins last year. Um, how many of those that were one score wins are going to go the opposite way this year? I think they're going to be good. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to be very good. I'm I'm not saying I'm buying the hype. I'm not saying they should be featured on the first game this year. I think that that's <laughs> kind of crazy. Kansas City and the Lions. I just don't see that personally. Right. Sorry, NBC. Um, but I, I think that they're going to be competitive. I think that that division's wide open. So naturally, right. you know, they, you know, they, it makes for entertainment with, you know, really not knowing who's going to do what in the, in the NFC North, but, um, I, the jury's still out for me on, on the lines. I really, obviously, like you said, Jameson Williams is suspended the first six games. They lost Jamal Williams to the saints. Mm-hmm. He led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. Granted, they were all almost almost all one yard. Right. Um, but you know, that's, that's production that you lost. Um, Jared Goff is one of those underrated guys that, you know, you don't think of, He's he, been to the he, Super Bowl. he balled out last year. He, I think was in top five in, in yardage. Nobody knows that, or nobody thinks about that when it comes to Jared Goff. Nope. Um, but you know, my, my jury for me, I'm, I'll, I'm waiting to see on the lines. I'm not sold yet. Like you are, but, Right. I think they're going to be. I think they're still going to be very competitive, and that's going to put them in a good spot because that division is, is in my opinion, wide open. Okay. Um, the Vikings. Vikings. So, <laughs> I think the main storyline with the Vikings last year was that they were 
11 and 0 in one score games. Yep. So just like in, yep. with the theme with the, that's with exactly the what I was going to say. 11 and 0, and I think that that was an NFL record. And then come playoff time, uh, shout, out, shout out Jake. So Jake's been <laughs> been a fan for a long time, but. Sorry to bring this up, but they lost in a one score game in the playoffs, the first game in the playoffs. So. Yeah, sorry, Jake. Sorry, Jake. Um, we love you, buddy. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, to me, like you said, there's expected to be some sort of regression there. You can't help but take a step back when you 11 of your 13 wins are by one score. Yep. It just naturally, it's yep. going to happen. Yep, and I believe eight of those came from Kirk Cousins leading a fourth quarter yep. um, come from behind win type of thing. Including the biggest comeback in NFL history down, what was it, 38 to nothing, 33, something like that. Yeah. Something absurd. Yep, to the Colts. Yep. So, um, um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be one of those uh, seasons where – Obviously, you have your hopes up coming from a 13-win season last yep, year, but yep. at the same time, temper expectations. I know um, they still have Justin Jefferson there, um, but defensively is, is going to be the biggest question mark there as well. Just Same with the Lions, but in terms of the Vikings, I didn't see much in their offseason um, review that they improved at all, to be honest with you. Um, I believe their biggest acquisition was Brian Flores. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I let me drink. That'll oh. help the defense yep. right there for sure. New de- new de- defensive coordinator right there, Brian Flores. So they they lost a lot. Eric Hendricks, Darius Smith, Patrick Peterson. So we'll see how how they respond there. But I, I just don't think their defense is going to be able to hold up. Um, Kirk Cousins obviously has a lot more highs and lows, but can I don't think he has the defense to compensate for for his lows. Uh, going into the season. Yeah, he's got to be good, right? I think that's part of the issue is that he has to be on pretty much every week Yeah. Um, with that defense. I, you know, Obviously, they lost Dalvin Cook. They decided to release Dalvin Cook, which – I don't. I don't know that I understood that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. No. I don't understand what the thought process was there. Right. I mean, who's their starter now? Alexander. Alexander Madsen. 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 Um. Yep. I, I. I mean, he had a decent year last year in in, in backup uh, in a backup role. But yeah. I, I mean, Dalvin Cook is a, is a generational type guy. I don't know what you know what the thought process that was there with with releasing him. But I think that that is that can't help but take a step back in the run game. Right. Um, and, you know, he also was a decent pass catcher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think to your point, it's going to put, and they lost Adam Thielen, which, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he was that reliable um, security blanket. Security blanket was going to be there at the first down yardage, you know, always there. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a part two. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still high on the Vikings. I think that, you know, you, they were a 13 win team. Granted, you know, they were close games, they're going to take a step back, but I still think that they're going to be they're going to be right there in this division. Right. Um, I love Kirk Cousins. I will say, you know, from that Netflix documentary, I became <laughs> an enormous Kirk Cousins fan, which I, I've heard that from multiple people. He just came across so good in that show. So I, I mean, I, I love that guy now. Um, I want him to be successful. I, I, I think they will. I mean, Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, I, I think that yeah, they have still, TJ Hawkinson and TJ Hawkinson. They I think drafted a wide receiver too. Yeah, Jordan Addison. Yep, yep, yep. So I think that they're going to be, um, they're going to be right there, in my opinion, in the NFC North. Yep. Um, the Green Bay Packers. A lot of storylines going on there with them. Woo! So my my main phrase for the Packers is love for love. <laughs> Do you have love for love? Yeah. I, I, like honestly, it's gonna, it's. I, I honestly don't even know how to predict it, to be honest. He, he's had all the years to take in the offense. He's take, he's had all the years to to dwell into NFL life and and try to come out for the better, especially with Aaron Rodgers in front of you, and you know he doesn't like you really being there. <laughs> <laughs> like That puts a chip on your shoulder. You, you got to go out and, and ball out. You have yep, to. Yep. So, But whether that's going to be good pressure or bad pressure for Jordan Love, that's, that's to be seen. Um, obviously, even before Aaron Rodgers, yeah, they had Brett Favre, so they've had a lot of continuity there with with Hall of Fame caliber a lot play to live up to. Yep. So how Jordan Love is gonna gonna play? I, it's just a matter. It's just a waiting game. We'll, we'll see how that how that translates. Um, but in terms of offensive cast around him, like I, I like Christian Watson, Watson and and Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, yeah. Yep. But at the same Aaron time, Aaron Jones is still a beast. Yep. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon yep. is are back there. And I think they're going to be a run heavy team this year. For I, sure. I really, for sure. Really their do. defense is sneaky good. Not a lot of people talk about their defense. They nope. have a really, really good defense. Yep. Um, but yeah, when Aaron Rodgers came in 
to take over for Brett Favre. I think a lot of people forget this, but he had Greg Jennings right there receiving, receiving like he had <laughs> like another Jordy Nelson. Jordy like, Nelson. Yeah. He had weapons, yeah. but Jordan Love's coming in with two, I think, two second or third year players. Yeah. I, I think I think they're only two years in now, but it, it's going to be. I think it's going to be rough sledding at the beginning and how they grow as, as a trio will definitely um, foretell how their, how their se- the rest of their season is going to come out. And uh, going back to what you said about their defense, their defense is loaded with first round talent, all that first round talent that Aaron Rodgers wanted uh, and the, and green Bay Packers fans wanted for in the offense. It's all on the defensive side. And they've, they've made out pretty well defensively. I think they have like eight first round picks back there. Yeah. So um, uh, to me, their defense will keep them in games. It'll depend on if their offense can score enough points to, to get them on the, the wins at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, you hear t- you hear reports coming out of training camp that they look fast, they look young, and they look athletic mm-hmm. for the first time in a while. So will that translate to wins? Right. Um, maybe, I mean, who knows? It, it could very easily. Um, it's all going to be on Jordan Love. He's looked sharp um, in the preseason. He's made some throws that have been impressive, some back shoulders. Um, that sort of thing. So um, I think that I think the Packers could be surprising. I don't know that they'll make the playoffs necessarily. Um, I don't have them making the playoffs personally, mm-hmm. but I think that they're going to be more competitive than people think. People, I think you naturally go to rebuild when you step down from Aaron Rodgers. And while it still will be, you know, somewhat of a rebuild, I think that they're going to be competitive, right. um, especially in that division. So um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, last but not least in the NFC North, the Bears. You talk about expectations. You talk about hype. <laughs> there is so much going into this year. I feel like people, you know, you hear the MVP talk for Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, you hear, for me, what's so curious, um, the, the biggest storyline for the Bears is how much pressure is on the front office. Um, because you think they had, you know, they were the worst team in the league last year. They had the first pick in the in the draft. They had a chance to get Bryce Young, who we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. And they had enough faith in Justin Fields to trade that pick. Um, so I think that that, I mean, you're putting yourself right in the middle of the target, right? Mm-hmm. Bullseye on your back. Are you going to be correct? Is Justin Fields going to be that guy? Or are you going to be fired in a year or two because you <laughs> didn't you didn't draft Bryce Young? Right. Um, obviously, they they made out great in that in that trade. They got DJ Moore, um, which I think is 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 a huge trade. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think that that for me is even even you know more so than Justin Fields' development is just how much pressure is on the front office now. You know, relying on him to play well. Right. Yeah. I mean, this Chicago is probably my most interesting team in. Especially in the NFC, um, maybe even in all of football. And Chicago's, I mean, they're coming off a three win season last year. Yep. So <laughs> I think we should temper expectations on, on them and, and just look for a step forward. But it's definitely going to be very re- reliant on Justin Fields and, and what sort of development he steps into year uh, three, I believe. And obviously, you have the MVP chance and whatnot and predictions. And that just goes to show with. Um, what sort of league this is turning into? You had Lamar Jackson win MVP, and, and oh, you can, it's a running league. It's a running. It's a mobile quarterback league. Yeah, absolutely. So they see that and they feast off of it. And Justin Fields is arguably the best right now with that combo. Lamar Jackson's had his his injuries, and and in terms of mobile quarterbacks, we'll see how Bryce Young comes out. Um, TJ Stroud. Um, but as for Josh Allen's obviously has to take a step back from, <laughs> from yeah. running the ball so yeah. much. Um, so Justin Fields, it's He's got, Justin Fields needs to do that also. That's yeah, one thing. That absolutely. I wrote, that's one thing that I wrote down is, is can he prove that he can do it with his arm? The same that he's already proved he can do it with his legs. You know, you know, he's dynamic on the ground. He is a beast when, when he tucks it and runs. Oh yeah. I, I mean, you, it's like, you got to turn to that game and see what he's about to do because it's special, Yep. but he has to be able to prove that he can stand in the pocket and make those throws also. And I think, right. Um, I think that trade getting his number one wide, wide receiver will certainly help that. Yeah, absolutely. And as the more I think about it, I think they promote being mobile because they want the arm to develop at a natural pace rather than trying to force throws where you're not ready to make those throws. And I mean, it's your three now, so hopefully Justin Fields does show a lot more promise in in, in his arm than than his legs now, and he can start being more of a of a quarterback rather than a, a mobile, uh, I guess, a running back quarterback type type of combo there. Um, 
but it's definitely going to be heavily reliant on Justin Fields, especially with Khalil Herbert back there. He's he's not he's been on split duties with David Montgomery, but he's now the lead back there. Um, whether they trade for Jonathan Taylor or not, that'll that'll be to be seen. But it's going to be definitely Fields' offense to run in in any capacity he sees fit. Um, defensively, they they <laughs> signed a lot of guys. I think they signed Tremaine Edmonds, T.J. Edwards, um, and. From there, it's going to be about their pass rush. I think, let's see here, Yannick Ngakwe. 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 Yep. That's, uh, I've been, yeah, <laughs> Yannick Ngakwe. I've been trying to pronounce that name all day. Man. From Jacksonville, I yep. think. Yeah. Well, he's, he's been, he's on his fifth team in fifth, five yeah. years. Yeah. So he's, he's been traveling. He's been traveling. So it, I think last year, their uh, sack leader was a rookie safety who had four sacks. <laughs> So that's, that, that's sad. Yep. And Gakwe's definitely going to be an upgrade, but Tremaine Edwins, that, that to me, that signing to me is Edmonds, huge. Yep. He was the, he was the, cor- the, the, the cornerstone of that, of that Buffalo defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that is a big, big signing for their, for their defense. Absolutely. So it's just going to be a, it's just be a matter if they can get pressure on the quarterback defensively and Gakwe going to help there, but he's going to be basically a, a third down defensive end uh, exclusively because he's not really good at, at run blocking. So um, where, where they go, I, I, I have high hopes for them, but at the same time, I think they're still a little bit off um, before being a real contender there. Um, yep. I agree. Yep. I agree. All right. So we'll switch gears and we'll do the AFC North, which I am just so excited to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm excited, <laughs> but I'm also just perplexed because I have no idea what's going on in this division. Realistically, I know it's not going to happen, but I I honestly think all four teams could make the playoffs. I truly, They're very I capable. really do. They're very capable. Um, I think it's the best division in football, and that's even with, you know, I'm obviously a little bit of a homer to the AFC East, mm-hmm. but I think that the AFC North is going to prove to be um, just, just a tough, tough nose. And it's such division. a consistent. It is. It always is. Blood nose. Yep division it, it, teams like, that always seem to hate each other and and now it's going to be even more magnified with the fact that they're all going to be competitive so absolutely um, we'll start with the browns the browns so well there's going to be a question mark about the sun watching now where yep. he did not look good he did when not he look came good. back after what was it week 12 yeah um, i think he was suspended the first 12 weeks obviously for all the off the field stuff and so um he did not look good at all um, no. so I'd be very curious to see, okay, he's, he's had a full preseason. He's had a full off season with the Browns. All that drama, hopefully, you know, is, is a side, yep. um, is past him at least for now. Um, and so, you know, what, what did his, what does this preparation look like and what is it going to translate to on the field? Yeah. Uh, you, you'd expect he'd have a lot, he'd be a lot more prepared. I mean, obviously last year he had all those legal issues, yep. which I don't think he had, he's had this year anymore. He's settled with all that. So being finally committed to football again, uh, 24-7, is probably going to be a step in the right direction for Deshaun Watson. Um, so, But depending what version of Watson you get is definitely going to dictate where the Browns go this year, I feel like. Oh, no doubt. Um, no doubt. Obviously, you have Chubb back there, no more Kareem Hunt. But Chubb's been there for a while, and he's been really dominant for, for a couple of years at least, even before uh, – Hunt made it, made it there. I, I've always been a big Chubb fan. So where even if he produces at the level we know he can, Cleveland still has put up six, seven wins. So it's definitely going to be a quarterback play issue there in Cleveland. Um, defensively, they uh, their biggest thing to me is Jim Swartz. Jim Swartz gonna, is such gonna, a beast. I was just going to say that. he uh, He's he succeeds everywhere he goes Absolutely. as a defensive coordinator yep. head coaches. That's a different conversation, <laughs> but on the defensive right. side, those defenses get better every single time he shows up. Yep. Yep. And so to me, even though they signed the Dario Smith, uh, Delvin Tomlinson and Juan Thornhill, Jim Schwartz is still going to be the mastermind behind that defense. And he, he, he's the biggest upgrade there. Um, in my opinion. So we'll see where Cleveland goes, um, finishes in that division. But personally, I, I think Watson should should go back to uh, pre-issue uh, Watson. Yeah, I think a couple things. So I think that the Kareem not having Kareem Hunt is is bigger storyline than people want to think um, because he was that pass catcher back. Mm-hmm. They really didn't have Nick Chubb involved in the pass game at all. Right. Um, so I'll be curious to see what his role looks like this year 
if he's if he's more of a complete third down back because Kareem Hunt basically took third down from him every single drive for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll be curious to see, you know, that's going to add a different element to the pass game, to the to the third down pass game specifically. And, you know, I'm kind of kind of giving you a sneak peek into my my fantasy outlook here. <laughs> um, I think that the trade that they made with the Jets to get Elijah Moore um, is is going to have a big impact. I think that Elijah Moore is a heck of a talent that just didn't have a quarterback right into him. Yeah. And so I think that if he can get any chemistry with Watson, I think that the combination of Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore could be ecstatic when, and, and you think about tight end, David and Joku, yeah. Nick Chubb, like they have the potential on offense to be scary. Yep. Um, yep. So I, I think that, that, that trade, nobody, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. The Elijah Moore trade, like I like oh. it, it happens, you know, way back when. Yeah. And nobody's really even everyone's like, you know, Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper and rightfully so. But I think that Elijah Moore has a potential to have a huge, huge impact on that team. Yeah. And that's no fault. to Elijah Moore, no. like you said, it's it was quarterback play that that was kind of deterring him from from being a name to, to recognize um, in the NFL. But I think with Deshaun Watson and being on the opposite side of Amari Cooper, it should free him up quite a bit. And I, I expect big things from Elijah Moore, too. Yep. All right. So moving on, we'll we'll uh, we'll go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I I think I'll I'll start here. Mm-hmm. I, I I love Mike Tomlin. I think I would run through a wall for that guy <laughs> if I was playing for him. Yep. Um. I just think he's he's got swag. He's a good coach. He knows how to motivate. Um. He's never had a losing season. I feel like that gets played and talked about in the media countless times. But I don't think you can overstate that enough. No, I mean, you, he's literally never had a, lo- a losing season as a head coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy to me. That's crazy. When you think about all the Big Ben injuries, um, the way they started out last year, they went on a crazy winning streak to end the year. I think they won seven in a row to finish the season. Um, and and I think that he he's just the man. I, I love Mike. <laughs> so I think, you know, you can never understate how how much of an impact a good head coach makes on your football team right um kenny pickett has looked again it's preseason i've given up on putting stake in the preseason right having said that he's looked amazing um he led five drives in the in the preseason and all three games combined every single one of them was a touchdown drive um take a take that with what you will you know whatever that means Mm -hmm. but this could be the jump that everybody talks about and everybody's waiting with, with Kenny Pickett. Um, so I, I'm, I'm high on the Steelers this year. Do I think that I think they're up and coming? I don't have maybe expectations for them this year. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that they're, they're going to be very, very competitive in that tough division. Oh yeah. You make a very compelling case for the Steelers because because Mike Tomlin is, (laughs) is Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin. I, 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 like you said, he's like the coolest guy in the NFL. I don't oh care, yeah, I don't care what anybody says. Oh yeah, like, yep. So I mean, he's got a track record of, of being that coach that that knows how to win. He he creates competitors on his team. Yep. Um. So you definitely have an advantage over a lot of teams. The only problem is that division you're in. Your that yep. division is so talented. Yep. And it's 100%. just so ferocious that sometimes it get. I want to say it gets negated completely, but it definitely lessens the effect of Mike Tomlin being the coach on in that division. If it was in any other division, I'd be like, oh, Mike Tomlin's there. <laughs> They're going to be a top two team in that division all the time. But with how each team is going into this division this year, it, it's just it, it's hard. It's going to be it's going to be definitely uh, a rough sliding for for each game they, they play against one another. Um, from, yeah, they got Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, um, Allen Robinson they signed um, to be the trio wide receivers there. It's it's definitely going to come down to uh, Pickett. My my phrase for Pittsburgh is Pickett signs. They're either going to make signs for him to for him to love him or they're going to pick a signs to, to get rid of him. Yep. So yep. it's, it's, it's going to be – Interesting to see what sort of jump he he makes in in his own right. If the preseason's any indication, yep. good good lord. I and mean, honestly, we we went last year to to the Saints and Steelers game yes, over in Pittsburgh. So and it we, was negative fifty degrees. Negative fifty degrees. No, it wasn't. It was like thirty, but it, it felt like if, it. yeah. It we so, got a little. It was so cold. Yep. I was cold for like four days, guys. Like, <laughs> I, it, I was. Anyways, go ahead. Yep. Proceed. So so we saw Kenny Pickett live. Yes, we did. And, I mean, from what I was impressed about, he looks like he he's capable of making the smart decision. He's not gonna 
look to turn the ball, ball over. Well, I mean, no quarterback wants to turn the ball over, but it looks like he makes a conscientious, conscientious effort to to not turn the ball over. Yep. So he, he's definitely going to um, go for that game manage, manager type of role, and I think he's going to exceed at that. And but will it be this year or next year where they start contending? That's to be seen. Um, I have a more more high next year than than this year. Yep. Uh, Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is my my team in this division. I'll give it. I'll give it away now. I am super high on Baltimore. Um, you know, we just went on at length about Mike Tomlin, and the same could be said for John Harbaugh. I love John Harbaugh. I think he's a no nonsense guy. I think he's a great phenomenal coach yep um when you think about baltimore last year i mean it was all in the preseason that for the most part that this happened so people forget just how many injuries they had it was a staggering amount of injuries that they had in the preseason like people wrote them off um in the preseason and so um you know obviously they were in phenomenal shape before lamar got injured and then the whole contract issue you know took place was he you know sitting out to get him to get a deal was he not all mm-hmm. that but they still made the playoffs and people again i think people forget they were a fumble at the goal line and a 99 yard touchdown return in the playoff against cincinnati away from winning that game with tyler huntley as their quarterback so I think that Baltimore, if they can stay healthy this year, they will win that division. I know everybody, the Bengals are the sexy pick in this division. Everybody loves Joe Burrow, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I get all that. I am so high on Baltimore this year. Like, I think <laughs> that they're going to be scary, scary good. When you think about getting OBJ, they got Jadavian Clowney on the defensive side. They made that signing. Mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins, I think, is going to be a beast. He had some injury issues last year. Um, obviously, Justin Tucker could kick it from one end zone to the other. And so he's a weapon in special teams. Um, I think that that team, I I think they're going to be phenomenal. And I think that obviously we've already talked about it's a tough division, Mm -hmm. but I think if they, they can even be 10% healthier than they were last year, which is not saying much because they, they had guys out all over the place. Right. um, I think that they're going to be very, very good. Yeah. I mean, it's going to depend on what sort of offense they run now with the new offense coordinator. Yep. Uh, Yep. Todd Monken. Yeah. uh, Great point. Yep. Coming in from Georgia. I, um, will will they restrain Lamar a little bit from running and and focus more on on passing? I mean, they got the weapons to do it now. They got they signed Odell yep. Beckham Jr. Yep. Um, they drafted Zay Flowers at uh, I believe number twenty two overall. Yeah. Speaking um, real quick, I don't mean to cut you off. No, Speaking, okay. I saw I heard something very interesting um, this week that I hadn't actually heard before. One of the big things coming in with this new offensive coordinator, I guess I didn't know this, but mm-hmm. their previous OC. W- would not make would not let Lamar make any changes at the line. Really? Yes. And so that's been a top a topic this offseason that obviously now this new offensive coordinator he's coming in, he's implementing a new scheme. He's giving Lamar that freedom to make those checks depending on what he sees. Mm-hmm. So I think that could have a crazy impact. I don't know how you don't let a guy like that make make those decisions at the line of scrimmage depending on what he sees on the defense. Yeah. I thought I was shocked when I heard that. Um and I think that something as little as that giving him that freedom could make a huge a huge impact on his performance this year so yeah i wanted to throw that in because i i thought that was extremely interesting yeah it's the first time i'm hearing about that too and, and the first thing that jumps to mind is maybe that's why lamar jackson was was always scr- like scrambling um you can't make checks or adjust uh, any calls up front so all of a sudden you're maybe he sees you're put in the best bad position but you can't make the make the change so yeah. First thought is like, all right, I'm going to have to scramble on this yeah. and I'm going to have to yeah. run. So, yeah, I don't even know how you do that. Right. How do you look and see, okay, they're blitzing. I'm screwed. Yep. But okay. <laughs> game on guys. Like, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, Honestly, that, that's interesting to me. I, yeah. I, I don't know how, yeah, I was, I, how you I, can have success. I heard especially. that on ESPN radio. So, I mean, take it for what it's worth. Right. I, I don't remember right. who it was or when it was, but I heard that this, this week on my drive to work and I was, I was shocked by that. Right. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see where that goes. Yeah, see, yeah, we'll see how I guess that offense develops with Monken now. And I'm assuming he's going to let Lamar Jackson have some more free reign there yeah. than, than the previous offense coordinator. Um, J.K. Dobbins is now back there, um, taking full on the full loader there at running back. Mark Andrews coming back. Um, 
And Mark Andrews has been consistent yeah, number two tight end. He's a beast. He's always behind Travis Kelsey in fantasy. Um, so he, he's he's he really mis- needs he really needs Lamar Jackson though. Oh yeah. I mean, you talk about a drop off a cliff when when Lamar was injured last year. I think I mean Mark Andrews' production just just disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, I think there's a certain trust there with Lamar Jackson with Mark Andrews. No doubt. So no you, doubt. even with the wide wide receiver. Re- wide receiver weapons, excuse me, uh, coming in. I think Mark Andrews will still be that number one um, pass catcher there even. Um, in terms of defense, like I said, Jim Harbaugh is, is just a mastermind there with, with the defense, always producing a, a top 10 defense there consistently. Um, and, and this is why, I, even though I'm high on Mike Tomlin, you just have John Harbaugh there. <laughs> always, they know each yeah. other so well. And that's why they're always so competitive yep. every yep. single year. It's because of those two guys yep. right there. Yep. It doesn't matter who's on the team. Yep. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah, defensively, they, they lost quite a few pieces. Clayus Campbell, Justin Houston, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Mar- Marcus Peters, and Chuck Clark. Gosh, um, is that all? <laughs> you want more? Golly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there, there's definitely some sort of a use movement going on there. There's going to be some unproven parts there. Um, the biggest question mark is going to be the pass rush. I, I, I believe <laughs> I was telling you earlier that I looked at other defensive linemen and none of them have even 10 career sacks. Yeah, that's um, crazy. So um, That's crazy. So that, that's going to be a point of emphasis, I'm sure. I, I love their line, linebackers. They have Roquan Smith yep. and um, Patrick Queen there. Um, Marcus Williams is for, hey, former Saint. <laughs> um, they're at safety. So uh, they have pieces in, in the secondary, and linebacker is going to be depending on if uh, Pass Rush can get there in time to, to help them out. Yep. Um, but, yeah, offensively, they should be They should, they should be, be good. Scary, yeah. yep. uh, last but not least, the Bengals. Obviously, this is everybody's pick. Everybody loves the Bengals. Everybody loves Joe Burrow. Um, I'm not as high on them this year. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, plummet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know, they're bound to take a step back. He, they've been on an ascension since he came in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I have nothing to validate this at all. But I just have a feeling, you know, obviously he's one of the storylines, all kidding aside, is he, you know, he's dealing with an injury right now. He hurt his, he had a calf injury in preseason. Right. Um, I, you know, I don't know that they've actually given a specific timeline yet. If he's going to miss a couple weeks, I know um, their first couple weeks of the of the season are manageable if they have to have um, him sit out and, and heal up. So I don't think that'll impact them as far as like further down the line and playoff contention. But that could be a storyline is, is how, you know, is his calf injury going to pop back up? I've heard. You know, it, the calf is a is a nagging type injury where you could feel great, and then the next week it's going to pop right back up again. So mm-hmm. that could be something that we see him battle um, all throughout the year. Um, but if he's healthy, obviously we all know what he can do. Um, him and Jamar Chase are, are special. Right, They're, that combination is special. They have the best receiving uh, receiving group in the league, in my opinion. They have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Right. Um, that trio is again, in my opinion, it's the best in the league. Um, so that doesn't hurt to mm-hmm. have you know Joe Burrow throwing those guys the ball. Um, but I think that I don't know that they're necessarily going to take a step back. I think it's a matter of everybody else in the division taking a step up. Right. I really think that's what it is. I think it's going to be them. You know, you, you got to play everybody in this in the in your division twice, and so those are those are six tough tough games. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what are your what are your thoughts on the Bengals? Yeah, in terms of their offense, I think they're even their biggest uh, acquisition on in the offseason was Orlando Brown Jr., the oh, left no tackle. Doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. So that that nine, I think last year um I guess they were Jonah Williams was the left tackle and he allowed a pressure on uh, a pressure like 17% of the time. He had like a pass uh win rate of like 83% and now with Orlando Brown, I think he had a win rate of 91%. So you're already going up 8% there. Also, uh, did you hear that he was on a podcast this week, and he said that the Jets offered him more money. Orlando Brown? Yes. Did he really? He did. I didn't hear that. He said that the Bengals were the best spot for him. He said even though he like essentially gave him a shout-out and said uh-huh. that they offered him a much more competitive deal, but he wanted to go to Cincinnati. So That's thanks, a, uh, Orlando. Appreciate, <laughs> thanks, Orlando. Appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we'll, we'll see if he, yeah. <laughs> if he lives up to the hype over there. I, I know – Cincinnati is probably hoping it, it can be kind of like how the Rams did with uh, Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago when uh, he helped take him to the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, 
obviously you put them in your left tackle when you slide whoever was there to the right tackle's position and it just improves your entire our entire offensive line so i'm sure they'll will try to do this especially with jonah williams now it's sliding over to the right tackle um so it should improve their offensive line joe Bur- and now with joe burrell kind of on that injury scare yeah uh, radar it's, it's definitely going to help and for me my biggest question is, is it going to lead to more Joe Mixon? Uh, Joe uh, Mixon. Uh, Mixon has been there a while, but I feel like he's always been held back because they always want to emphasize the passing game with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And you have every right to, but at the same time, Mixon is no slouch. He, he's no. been he's been a really good running back for for quite a few few years there. So I I, I like Joe Mixon. I, I think he's a reliable running back, and I think. Even with Joe Burrow's scare, they should be able to stave off with with a better running game. J- just emphasize Joe Mixon a lot more. Um, defensively, they lost Jesse Bates and um, Von Bell. Uh, they both signed in the, to the NFC South. Um, Bates to Atlanta and Bell to Carolina. So you're, you're looking at two new safeties back there. Um, so there's going to be some changeover back there. Um, so it's just a question of can defense hold, um, especially with everybody's offense in that division improving so that's a question to, uh to remain to be seen yep yep all right so that wraps up the afc and the nfc north we'll do our predictions like we do every every week and two weeks in a row me and jeff are nowhere <laughs> on the same page here so um i'll go first with the nfc north i have minnesota still you know winning that division again um i think that they're still going to be good enough to, to hold off the other teams that we discussed I have Detroit finishing second. I think that they'll be a wild card team. I think that they're going to be good, mm-hmm. um, but I think that Minnesota will hold them off. I have Green Bay finishing third, and I have Chicago um, in in last in that division. I think they're going to be they're going to take a step up from the three wins. I think Justin Fields is going to have a huge impact, but I still think that they're they have some work to do. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? So I actually have Detroit winning this year. I, <laughs> I, yeah, winning that that's division. a lot of people. I can see that a lot of people. A lot of people are saying that. Yeah, I mean, their last division title was 1993, so it's the year we were born, yep. basically. So it, yep. <laughs> it, it's at some point they got to win a division title, you would think. And I think this is the year they really have a lot of a lot of the puzzle pieces to to come together and and take that gigantic step forward that um, it's been eluding them for a very long time. Um, in second place, I got Green Bay. Um, Jordan Love, even if he doesn't develop as fast, I think they have enough in the running game and defensively to, to keep him in games and, and steal one or two, especially in the beginning of the season until Jordan Love gets uh, his feet directly under him um, for the rest of the rest of the year. And then maybe he can lead to some wins uh, under his own talent. Um, so from there, I got Chicago going third. Um Justin Fields, I I want to I want to love Justin Fields. I want to love Chicago, especially all the acquisitions they made defensively. Yeah. Yep. I, I think I think they're they're they should definitely have a, a subpar year at least. I think that's going to be their floor um, with maybe even a ten win season as their as their as their ceiling. Um, and last, I think Minnesota. Um, Sorry, Jake. <laughs> Golly, but it's going to be a first to worst. I I believe uh, you, we mentioned those one score games and you said how it, it can't always hold up. But for, for me, the way I see it, um, Detroit's actually going to pull away more because of that offense and improvement on defense. And, and Minnesota is going to be more of that regression that, that we usually see because of, because uh, um, of the defense defense, just yeah. not being able to hold up uh, that well. Well, once again, Jeff, we are on opposite ends of the <laughs> spectrum with the NFC North. So we'll see what happens there. Yep. Um, the AFC North, I have Baltimore winning that division. Um, like I already talked about, I think that they're going to be great this year. Mm. Um, I have the Bengals in second, obviously still making the playoffs. Um, I have the Steelers in third and I have the Browns, um, in the, in the bottom of that division. I will say that I think that this is a division where the top three teams make the playoffs. I really do. I think Mm -hmm. the Bengals and the Steelers are still both going to make the playoffs. Yes. Regardless of how you cut it, I think whoever finishes top three, in that in that division, and because we we have different uh, winners of that division, and I'll, I'll go into that now, but definitely those top three are definitely going to be in, in in the playoffs. I feel like I, I don't even think it's a question of it. Yep. It's just who's going to be in that top, those top three 
uh, slots. But for me, I have the Browns winning, <laughs> winning that division. So I, I'm, I'm going all, going on? I'm going all out with Detroit and, and Cleveland on? winning their divisions, which is, it's maddening to me. I try, trust me, I try to talk myself out of putting Cleveland here, but there's just so much to like about them. And with Deshaun Watson actually getting an off season to prepare rather than having to face all these distractions and side issues that he's been going through, I, I, I like what Cleveland is doing. It, it's just about getting. Um, and then Jim Schwartz, like we said, it, it's, I think that's just a massive underrated um, addition there for for that defense. Um, second, I got the Bengals. The Bengals will be the Bengals, I believe. Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Mixon, they they have every piece offensively to to contend for for a Super Bowl. It's just going to be a question of that defense. Uh, how how much can they hold? Um, as for the Ravens, um, it's just about the pass rush. If you can't go to the quarterback, I, I just can't. I just can't see winning too many games type, type of thing. But uh, the Ravens, John Harbaugh will always produce a very adequate uh, defense. So that that elevates the Ravens to a 9-10 win team right there for me. For me. Um, and lastly, I got the Steelers. I, I think they're just a year off until Kenny Pickett. Um, if, if he takes a step in the right direction, he can. I think, uh, they, I think they need a little bit more talent in the right. receiver room. True, true. Deontay Johnson as your number one is a little sketchy. Maybe, maybe he can be a, a number two or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see next year. But I, th- I think they're a year off. Yep. Um, so that's how I have the I'm division rolling out. I'm on board with that. Yeah. So we literally have like I have Minnesota winning. You have Minnesota in last. Yeah. I have the Browns in last. You have the Browns. Yep. The so yep. That is just crazy. Um, <laughs> all right. So. We'll we'll finish up here. Uh, we'll try and wrap up. We're going a little long this week, but we had a lot of good uh, a lot of good topics. But we'll we'll wrap up with our fantasy uh, must haves, our stay our players to stay away from, and our sleepers from each division. Um, for me, I'll go first with the NFC. My must have. This is a pretty common sense statement. Justin Jefferson. Um, he's going to go number one in almost every fantasy draft. Um, so that pretty much goes without saying. Stay away. I wrote Christian Watson. The reason I wrote this is because I have heard that Justin, uh, excuse me, Jordan Love has um, a, a more preference to the intermediate throws, which favors Romeo Dobbs mm-hmm. rather than Christian Watson, who's kind of like that home run, that deep, deep ball type guy. Yep. Um, I've heard that he already has phenomenal chemistry with uh, Dobbs. So that's why I wrote stay away from Watson, just because. I mean, if he's an all-or-nothing guy as it is, that's always risky. Mm-hmm. But if you know that he, your quarterback has a good relationship with um, you, the the wide receiver across from you, that could also hinder your hinder your stats as well. Right. Uh, my sleeper, I wrote Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Detroit. I have heard crazy comparisons about this guy. I've heard that he is the next Alvin Kamara. Um, so shout out to the Saints. Shout out you. Hey, who? Um, Alabama running back last year, over 900 rushing yards, over 450 receiving yards last year, 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's going to be he's going to be a, a, a really good sleeper. Okay. Yeah. As for me, for my must have, I got DJ Moore over there in Chicago. I think Justin Fields has a really great arm, and I think he'll be looking to take some some shots there with DJ Moore. And they've already shown that, right? Yep, in yep. the preseason, they've already yep. shown that they're going to be a dynamic tool. Oh, absolutely. So I, I, I expect tight things from DJ Moore. Um, so <laughs> my stay away, I got this Jameer just, Gibbs. What are we doing? What are like, we doing? Come on. <laughs> so your sleeper is my stay away. Uh, it, it, it just comes down to how many mouths can you feed there in Detroit with, with the one ball. And you got Dave Montgomery back there as well. And he, he's always been splitting carries over there in Chicago uh, beforehand. So it, I feel like that's going to be a carryover even here, just to um, um, ease Gibbs into the offensive role. But you got St. Brown, you got Josh Reynolds, you got <laughs> Sam Laporta, the, the rookie tight end. It's just going to be a lot of spreading the ball. And I'm not sure how many. Um, carries Gibbs is going to get out of that and then my sleeper I got Khalil Herbert right now he's the number one running back there in in Chicago um in in case of a trade like for Jonathan Taylor or something I don't really see any competition against Herbert in in that backfield um so right now we'll see if if they decide to not rely on Justin Fields' legs as much and give Khalil Herbert a little bit more uh, responsibility there okay Shifting to the AFC North, my must-have, again, pretty common sense, um, is not Jamar Chase. It's <laughs> Nick Chubb. Um, I'm a huge Nick Chubb fan. I think that he, you know, he's one of those guys that could – we talked about it with Travis Kelsey, right? He could win you your fantasy matchup that week. I think Nick Chubb could do the same. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm always going to draft him um, if I have that middle – 
you know, four to eight pick in the first round, Nick Chubb is always going to be at the top of my list. Yep. Um, I'm staying away from Najee Harris, the running back from Pittsburgh. He just looks slow to me. Like I watched him a couple games last year. Obviously, we watched him in person last year. Yep. He just doesn't look like he has that burst right. um, to to make guys miss. He just looks like he's a power guy. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the film that we watched last last year, a lot of uh, highlights we watched from him. He was getting stuffed at the line almost every single time. Oh, yeah. He's not. He hasn't been nearly as dynamic in the past game as he was in, at Alabama. Right. Um, and so I'm staying away from Najee Harris. And my sleeper, I kind of already talked about it, is Elijah Moore. I think that he is going to have a phenomenal year in Cleveland um, with Deshaun Watson. Okay. Um, as for me, my must have is Joe, Joe Mixon. Um, as I uh, explained I earlier, I almost put him as my stay away. Really? I did. Yeah. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Could've, Which would be par for the course yep, for this yep, episode. Absolutely. Well, I, I think with Joe Burrow having that calf uh, scare, they'll probably shift a little bit more focus to Joe Mixon getting uh, a little bit more carries than what they intended to at the beginning of the year. So just just to keep Joe Burrow as healthy as possible for as long as possible. Um, stay away. I got J.K. Dobbins. Uh, that surprises me, this one. Yep. <laughs> uh, I like J.K. Dobbins. It's just – a matter of how they're going to run that offense because I, I I'm not sure how Todd Monken's going. It remains uh, to be seen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I just don't know how Todd Monken's going to um, feed Lamar Jackson and tell him to run, tell him to hand it off, tell him tell him to pass the ball a lot more. And, and they invested heavily on the wide receiver corpse this year with Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers as, as a first round pick, as a first round pick. Excuse me, but um, it, it's just going to be one of those things where I don't. I'm I'm on edge about J.K. Dobbins getting the opportunities that, that a number one running back should get. And then as my sleeper, I got Zay Flowers. I, I think I, I have him higher than Odell Beckham Jr. I think Odell's coming back from uh, ACL Tower two years ago, I believe, and then last year he just took it completely yeah, he off. Didn't play all he didn't play at all. Yeah. So it's Zay Flowers' first-round pick, first-round talent, and I've, I've heard he's running great routes over there in camp in preseason. So I, I think Zay Flowers has the higher ceiling of the two. So I, I have him as my sleeper pick. I'm on board with that. I've heard this. I've heard very similar things about him so far. So I got no complaints there. All right. Well, that wraps us up for the AFC and the NFC North. Book it. Um, went a little long this week. Hopefully you stuck with us, but I think we got, we had a lot of good talking points. Um, a lot happened this week oh, in the NFL. Yep. I mean, and I think it's going to continue next week as well with, with roster cut downs and, you know, well, next week is our last divisional breakdown until mm-hmm. we get into the regular season. So right. obviously it's the one I'm most excited about, AFC, uh, AFC East and NFC East. A <laughs> um, lot to discuss there. And so what we'll do is we'll discuss those divisions. We'll do our predictions like we always do. We'll do our fantasy stuff. But I'll also, I don't, Jeff, I didn't tell you this yet, but we're going to also do um, – a playoff ranking. So we'll rank our seeds one through seven. Okay. Um, and then we'll do a Super Bowl prediction, each of us. Okay. And we'll, and we'll just jot it all down. So again, we've done the divisions. Right. And then we'll do it from a playoff perspective too. who we think, you know, we obviously everybody will know who we think is going to win each division, but where do we think that they're going to end up in, as far as playoff rankings? Right. And then we'll do a Super Bowl prediction and uh, we'll, we'll wrap it all up as we dive into the season. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So a lot, that's going to come next week as well. So make sure you stay tuned um, again, send us any, anything that pops up this week that you guys want us to discuss, or you want insight or opinion on, yep. please feel free to send it in. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed the episode and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Laters. Thanks for listening to what did they know podcast? Make sure to follow us on all of our social media outlets to see future episode details. And don't forget to send in any questions or topics that you want to see the guys discuss in their weekly episodes to come.